0: You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live Portraits, featuring intimate, in depth interviews with Black Hollywood stars and influencers. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live Portraits, Daryl Kristen. <laughs> Daryl's a woman.
1: What's <laughs> up, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are at Black Hollywood Live Portraits. Unfortunately, Daryl Kristen is not here with us today, but you got me, your girl, Courtney Stewart, and my favorite DJ across the table,
2: DJ Jesse Janity.
1: What and as it is portraits, we have a lovely portrait to do today and we have joining us in studio the beautiful, the talented actress, writer, producer. She does it all in this business. The beautiful Cherry Johnson. Hi. Welcome, welcome. Thank you.
3: Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm having a ball. I, I know. <laughs> And I don't know what the normal host does, but you guys, she's back there lightweight getting a baby twerk on. <laughs> <laughs> think so. Doing our little dance, having a great time
1: in the studio. So we want to jump right in because with Portraits, our goal is to learn everything and everything about
2: you. We're going to lift Jerry. every rock there. We're going to pull it girl. all out. We're going to pull
1: it all out. So we're going to start out from the beginning. Okay, so most of us know you, uh, at least I do, because I remember very clearly the wonderful, fantastic television show, Punky Brewster. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You
3: were only six years old when you started out with that. How did you catch a break on that show? I was just a baby. I didn't really realize what I was doing at all. My uncle used me as a muse, and he wrote the show Punky Brewster and thought it would be cool for me to see my name on TV. But me being me, I didn't understand, Look, if you're going to use my name, how are you going to cast another little girl to play me? (laughs) Um, My aunt actually snuck me to the audition behind my mom's back. And seven auditions later, the president of NBC came up. At that time, it was Mr. Brandon Tartikoff was like, dude, give your niece the job.
2: Wow! Okay. Yeah. What did you understand what that? How big that was at, at that age? No, really,
3: I didn't understand. That. I knew I was going to be at work with my favorite person, who was my uncle, every day, and I knew that I was going to play with Soleil, but I did not know that that meant that I was going to be on TV in front of the world. Mm-hmm. Then, when I kind of understood, oh, okay, I'm on TV. I still didn't. I never grasped the concept. I didn't understand the concept till I was thirty. R- Interesting. Was <laughs> it <wasn't> like <laughs> as a
2: kid? What was it like watching? Yourself back in an episode,
3: kind I of. I only did it once. Really? Yeah, we watched the pilot episode. My family was like really proud, so the whole family got together and we did like a screening in the house. Uh, it was weird. Really? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. I was like, "Mama, ain't combed my hair." My hair was kind of froed out. I was just, I don't know. I I, I just kind of felt like you know how somebody records you with a video camera and then the family watches it back. Mm-hmm. pretty much that's what i What's thought something? we were doing i didn't realize it when i got to school the next day all my friends had seen it
1: and mm. so what was that like when you got to school the next day with your friends interacting with you was it different was were they treating of, you different i was
3: all of a sudden popular okay where i was like the nerd kid who me and i had one friend when i moved to california his name was jose de la cruz okay. um we sat at the table together now all of a sudden there were other people at our lunch table i think i was confused Hmm. And
1: <laughs> where do <are> these people <laughs> come, from? Where, where right.
3: come from? You like me? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember what it
1: was like in dealing with having to go to work and still go to school? Like, how did you sort of navigate that space when you were there? Or Was it just kind of like, oh, I just do it and it was good? It's
3: just what you did. Mm-hmm. You know, every little kid goes to school. I went to school. I just most of the time went to school on the set, which was cool because it was me and Soleil and a girl named Amy Foster, my best friends. Right. So we did with all little kids too. hurry up and do your work so we can play and talk mm-hmm. and Keep it going and yeah.
2: In this day and age There's tons of like Momagers And you know The parents are very uh, Critical about their kids What was your family like I mean obviously You worked with your uncle So uh, uh, It was so Were different. they strict with you Did you kind of see A different side of your uncle Like wait a minute
3: You know No Because we played Like I got my first bike On the set <laughs> You know <laughs> Brandon Tartikoff Bought us all What are those little things That you hop on oh, Pogo, the- sticks. Pogo sticks Right So we played in the hallways My mom basically Always said the same thing Thing. Don't cuss and don't touch anything that's not yours. <laughs> and so I was like, okay.
2: Uh, you say you never really understood, you know, everything until you were older. Right. Uh, but what was it like? Uh, I mean, was it really 30, the age where you looked back and said, wow, no. you know, I was a young African-American female on such a huge show, like, did, did that ever kind of... I
3: know it sounds really funny, but yeah, it was after Family Matters was really? over, so mm. I might have... Yeah, it was around 30. It was, it was paparazzi. I grew up in a time where, you know, I did some things that I shouldn't have did in public, but nobody ever knew about it. <laughs> right. If I got grounded, it wasn't a big deal. I got drunk and threw up in Roscoe's but you know, nobody knew (laughs) to nail. Now we know You're you're on Vine Instagram. (laughs) But back then, you know, like the poor Lindsay Lohans, we all do things and growing up in the city, it's a place where if you are on T V they do let you in the clubs. Mm -hmm. You know, they tell you don't drink, but every teenager sneaks a drink. drink. So yeah, it wasn't until I popped up um, on media takeout and I was engaged and then I was pregnant. But I was a lesbian, and it was like all in the same month. And then I was married, but I was engaged and married and a lesbian with three different people. So I just wanted to know who got me pregnant. And,
2: <laughs> and I was who a lesbian lover?
3: <laughs> well, my lesbian lover was, <laughs> <laughs> was definitely Jalissa Lynn. Oh. I could claim her because I did kiss her. Okay. okay. But I kissed her for a book trailer that I did, and I was hoping that she was my baby mom or baby daddy. I don't know how that works. <laughs> mm.
1: Yeah, worked that out. But it it
3: clinic. wasn't until like my phone rang at seven o'clock in the morning and people were freaking out on my phone about me being engaged when I had never even went on a date with this dude Mm. and it was like are you kidding me and then I looked at it for the first time I didn't even know what media takeout was and it was 500,000 people had clicked on it it was 7 a.m. wow don't you guys have anything else to do in your life like sleep and that's when I realized, oh my God, this isn't normal.
2: Like I'm a celebrity.
3: Yeah, I don't think I've gotten there yet. No, no, I don't. I don't think I'm quite there yet. But very popular. Yeah, I was not popular in high school. Mm-hmm. So it's like the world knows you, and I didn't figure it out. Really? Yeah. And then Twitter has been a great segue for me because I'm hitting people that I loved, like Mason Becca, Mm -hmm. Pete Diddy, D-Nice, and they're tweeting me back, talking about how they watched me grow up on TV. And that's, like, amazing to me because I I still watch them, you know? (laughs) And I'm a fan. And so... So,
2: okay, you have that realization. What is that like, actually sitting back and kind of thinking, like, Oh wait, I really shared my entire childhood
1: Growing up, seeing yourself With every Yeah,
3: not just my childhood, but childhood yeah, Puberty, TV. I grew boobs on TV I had my first kiss on TV uh, my Really? First, yeah, my first sex scene Was actually on TV Like everything was on TV Now I have no filter <laughs> you know people say oh you cuss all the time or you're really down to earth and but I mean what is there to hide now right. <laughs> it's all out there for everybody y'all been there longer than I realized you were there so there's nothing to hide now really? except for I do try to keep my personal relationships as quiet as I can
2: which smart, smart, smart the smart, media teak out, out there
1: <laughs> doing things but going back to Punky Bruce's so you and Moon Fry obviously worked for, together for quite some time yeah. were you guys able to
3: maintain a friendship outside of it and for years to follow we or was definitely are still friends awesome. and people trip out like when we talk on twitter mm-hmm. I'm like am well, like everybody else talks on twitter <laughs> like, it's my home girl you already know it's my home girl. Like, what's the big deal yeah
0: beautiful We're still,
3: you either love each other or hate each other mm-hmm. and she is the best spirited person i've ever met in my life if there's somebody that i can say truly knew what being free was at seven it's her
2: really and she's the what ex- do you mean that. by that
3: just no inhibition. She was always very comfortable with self. You know how other women are going through oh, I'm too skinny, I'm too fat, my hair is too short, I mm-hmm. need it longer, I have acne. She was like, eh, it's life, it's who I am.
2: And is that yeah. something that helped you in the industry?
3: I would say helped me as a person. I don't know yeah. about in the industry, but yeah, her parents are like, flower- she was a flower child. Mm-hmm. You know, and my mom wasn't so free, but she was very much like, love yourself. You get $20, not getting a nose job, it's life, <laughs> you know? But <laughs> growing up with her and her mother and my mother is a definite balance. It was like, you know, while the, the little black kids were trying to press their hair out, I was like, oh, put water in it. It's okay if it gets sick. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> it's, uh... it's beautiful. It's, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. And then from there, you went into family matters. And. Uh, well, first of all, from Punky Brewster, I mean, to to go to a show where there were, like, toys made after you guys and dolls, it was like, I mean, did you ever have any of that oh, type of did memorabilia? You, get me
3: or? you guys would think I was crazy, but honestly, my mom kept all the stuff in the garage, and I thought it was lame. <laughs> <Really>? Until, yeah. <laughs> Until a couple years ago, I met this little girl. Her name is Alex, and she's a huge Punky Brewster fan. Yeah. She was like seven. And so I said, Hey, mom, can I have one of those lunch boxes? Because I want to send it to Boston to Alex. And my mom was like, Sure. So I sent it to the little girl, and she loved it. So then it was like, Oh my God, well, let me find this coloring book. And I have pajamas. And once I started giving that stuff to little kids and I saw the joy in their faces and their hearts, I appreciated it. Yeah, there you go. But nice. when I was young, I didn't get it. Like, I wasn't going to go to school with my face on a lunchbox. That's lame. That,
2: okay, I'll give you that. We can do
3: that, for sure. Like, the rest of us had it. But
1: yeah, I would have yeah, been that's a little strange. weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Now, I would totally carry around my lunchbox and be like, like my grandma.
2: It's
1: yeah. me.
3: Boop. <laughs> Yeah, it's cool now. But
2: and then to go on to something like to Family Matters, which, I mean, you talk about Fresh Prince and F- Family Matters. I mean, these were huge shows in the 90s that kind of broke barriers as far as entering Hollywood and different people's houses and kind of showing a different side of, you yeah. know, African-American culture and it- Again, I mean, I just, you know, you're just going to say, well, I didn't realize it. No,
3: no, I'm, I'm <laughs> saying to hear you say it is such an honor and I feel yeah. so blessed. <laughs> Dude, I didn't get it.
2: Really?
1: But it's, as no. I mean, you at that point uh, with family as you were getting into teenagerdom and, you know, experiencing that life. Do you remember having moments sort of out and about where there was interaction with fans or anything that made you think? <laughs> differently or be like, wow, I didn't realize we
3: were having that kind of impact. on." Like, I thought I, I was could popular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you go places and we traveled a lot. Right. And that was like one of the great things about growing up on TV mm-hmm. is that you get to go everywhere. Every yeah. weekend we were in a different state but I just cool. thought I had friends everywhere. Okay. Yeah, I well, thought I was popular. Well, we
1: thought we had <laughs> friends on TV finally that looked like us, so... Oh, thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> what are some of your like most fond memories of being on the set at Family Matters? With?
3: Family Matters was, was great because I had known Jalil since I was about seven or eight years old. The guy who played my boyfriend, Waldo Geraldo Waldo, <laughs> he was my first boyfriend on Punky Brewster. Which they tried to get us to kiss, but we were too shy to kiss. So that would have been my first kiss then. It ended up being my first kiss later. I've really? already known him for years.
1: Wow.
3: We're still great friends. We talk all the time. And then Darius McQuarrie and I had the same agent. So my agent used to throw these like like holiday parties or whatever. And all the celebrity kids were there. So it was like I was going to work already with people who I loved. And that were my friends.
2: So it was just kind of almost so natural. You yeah. kind of didn't realize the realm That you were walking no, amongst Like you said Like
3: it was really a family weekend. matter for me you and know? How, was,
2: how was it on set with everybody Was everybody uh, Did you guys do fa- family vacations together like? We
3: were a family Some days we loved each other Some days we hated each other It's like siblings We fought, fist fought Hugged, kissed, made up Stuck up for each other it was like being home. Mm-hmm. Only, you know, on Fridays they brought out the cameras and we had to say these certain lines. But we played games with ourselves. Like, there's this thing that we used to all, I know it's really weird, but, like, we would put money up. Okay, I bet we're going to be out of here tonight at 9.35. No, no I bet we'll be out of here at ten oh ten. And whoever, like, got the pot of money, you know, that's what we spent on drinks and stuff for the weekend. Oh, so. Wow. Or a new outfit or something. I wouldn't pee before the show because I figured, okay, if I don't go to the bathroom and have to pee during the show, I'll get all my lines right.
2: And really? About, yeah. Oh,
3: interesting. It was like a big game.
2: <laughs> what were some uh, tips as far as going from Punky Brewster to something that, as big as Family Matter? I mean, were there anything...
3: Well, there were, that there you were, had, there were pits were. before then, though. Like,
2: but, As know, far as learning, uh, making that jump in in Hollywood, what would you say some of the things your uncle or even your family had kind of helped you as far as acting goes or were they kind of taking a step back like oh she's just doing it she's living it
3: i was just kind of living and doing what i loved they did teach me a lot about business like i didn't grow up one of those kids who had a horse or a mansion or (laughs) i got 20 dollars to go to the movies my mom wanted her change back you know my (laughs) (laughs) really my uncle had a long talk with me when i was about to turn 16 and get my first car and he was like look the american dream is to have the best house you can afford Mm -hmm. and a dependable car. You do not spend Mm -hmm. all your money and try to go buy a Ferrari, which I still want a Ferrari. (laughs) But he explained to me that Things come in certain times in your life, and if you play your cards, right, you'll get everything you want, but just be smart about it. So I think I learned a lot about business early. I didn't even realize I was getting paid till I was 16, though. Really? Like, let me explain that. My mom got sick. Um, my mom is battling with lupus and multiple sclerosis. So my mom wanted me to know mm-hmm. that if anything ever happened to her, that I would be okay. When I was 16, she brought out this checkbook and was like, I just want you to know that if anything happens, you're going to be okay. And I looked at it and said,
0: whose money did you
3: steal like I totally thought she ripped off a Brink's truck or something I knew that wasn't ours you know my mom's a nurse she went to work every night she took me to work during the day would sleep in my dressing room and would go to work at night we didn't live like a fancy lifestyle we were the average American family Now, you mentioned that there
1: were some pits between sort of Punky Brewster and uh, Family Matters. Mm-hmm. And as an actor, you know, what were those pits and what did you do to keep pushing forward? OK, well, you got to realize I was 12.
2: You were
3: <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't really realize it was a pit. Mm-hmm. I did a pilot with Martin Lawrence a long time ago called It's a Bit Strange. The pilot didn't get picked up. I just went back to school, to school. played with my friends. Um, I did Days of Our Lives for six months, mm-hmm. and had to decide um, after I went on the audition for Family Matters. They didn't want me to have braces, and my mom had just spent all this money. Like I told you, man, Family Matters yeah. didn't want
1: you to. Have braces. Family yeah. Matters did
3: not want me to have braces, and my mom had spent all this money, my mom's money, on braces, which was a really big deal. She had saved up. She's a single mother working hard. I went in the bathroom and I popped them off with toenail clippers. Shut up. Yeah, and ask my mom, what? can I go on the callback? Because I don't have braces anymore. What did your mama do? She beat me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but she took me on the callback. My teeth are still crooked, but I had a great 10-year run on a sh- on a show that's made history. And
2: I'm sure shame at
3: it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she still tells me, you need to get those bottom teeth. Oh. I'm okay with it You pluck them off I plucked them I pulled the wire out Pulled the little things out And um, plucked them off With um, tona clippers w- Wow
2: Going from uh, Okay Punky Brewster <laughs> To Days of Our Lives To Family Matters What was the difference Between doing like a soap Versus uh, a sitcom
3: Soap was so awesome. They really? read cue cards. Like, who does that? Because they shot a different show every day. Mm-hmm. They had cue. I'd never figured out to this day I can't use a cue card because <laughs> I just learned to memorize my lines. But I thought it was so cool because <laughs> they weren't like really acting. They were like halfway reading.
2: Really? That's yeah. A-
3: and it was the first time I got to do like drama and stunts.
2: What kind of stunts did you do? They
3: blew like a sugar glass window on top of me. My father was the police chief, and so somebody was supposed to be shooting at him. Mm-hmm. And I was just all excited. I got <laughs> abused, and I got my first like black eye on camera. and... That's what it was about to me. Like, I didn't realize I was working. It was like you sit in special effects makeup and it was like, oh, my mom's going to be so sad when she sees this black eye. Can I go show her? Like, that's all I cared about.
2: Right. Had you uh, had a lot of good, uh, as far as the people you worked with, everybody was kind of along the same been, mentality yeah. or did you ever have to deal with any type of diva or
3: <laughs> I worked on a black show for 10 years. You know, we were divas. <laughs> but the good thing is, is everybody was really kid-friendly. So mm. I wasn't expected to be a little adult when I was a kid. Like, we rode our bikes in the hallway. We ran. Mm-hmm. We played. You know, we literally, like, there were days when Darius and I were pulling each other down the steps. Nobody said, stop. The only thing that they did say one time, I remember me and Jalil were fighting during a taping. Oh, I was like, <laughs> the producers tell us that to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't anything bad. It was just kids being kids. Like, right. he socked me right before... Uh, they said action, and he thought that he was going to get on the set. Well, I snatched him, and I threw him up against the set, and the sounds of the set kind of were like this, and I guess the audience went, Ooh. The producers came back, and they were like, cut it out. Don't hit him in his face. Let's go back and do it again. You know, and that was it. Like, that was our... Don't hit him in the face.
2: Did you prefer working in front of a live studio audience? Love it. Yeah.
3: I love it. Like, Mm -hmm. I do films now, but something about that energy that you get from the audience is amazing. But I can say that I did my first play this year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Terrified. It's a totally different experience. I thought that I would love it because of TV. But it's like the producers and the directors and the cameramen who you've worked with for years shield you Mm -hmm. from the audience. Right. And you can't really see them. It's all dark up there, whatever. You can just hear the energy and the laughter. And when they talk back, it was awesome. When I got on that stage (laughs) and it was just me. In front of a huge stadium of people, there was no. My mommy wasn't there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there were no directors or producers or anything. It took me into like the middle of the whole first show, mm-hmm. and then after the middle of the first show, I loved it. I started my own shoe line, and I heard one of the black women in the front say, "Oh, look at them shoes!" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, You're like, I got this." <laughs> okay. Right, and that that made it comfortable. I think once they started talking to us, but before then, it was a little. Mm-hmm.
2: What was uh, On the set of Family Matters Who was probably one of the funniest people Off camera That, like, that you just had You would always Sean. be so excited to go and
3: It would definitely be Sean really? Sean mm-hmm. Harrison The one that played Waldo, Waldo. <laughs> And it wasn't like a comedic funny He's totally different than his character if you're looking for the truth, he is going to give it to you. And we were teenage girls, you know, just starting to wear makeup and mm-hmm. put on clothes. He'd be like, that is not cute. <laughs> <laughs> you got way too much makeup on. You look like a clown. Mm-hmm. Like, he used to just give it. But it was hilarious.
1: Of all the people on the set at the time, like, who do you maintain the strongest relationships with now? Sean.
3: We talk every day. Oh, cool. And if not every day, like every other day, there's either a Twit or a Facebook or he's on my phone. He might be calling me now because I was supposed to call him for <laughs> And Darius. It's me and the boy. I'm a, I'm a tomboy. Yeah. Bird. So it was always me and the boys. Well,
2: then you moved to the Parkers. Yeah. Got to work with Monique. Yeah. What was, the, what was the difference as far as being so comfortable with everyone from Family Matters and growing up and kind of now you're older you know, and moving into a new job and, kind of sitting with the new family, what was the set difference? What was the difference on set?
3: Now, I can't say that there's like a major difference with a lot of people that are on set because what people don't realize is one of the producers that used to do Family Matters moved on and did the the Parkers. parkers. Countess Vaughn and I have known each other since she did 227. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like one of those childhood, girl, one day we're going to work together. (laughs) you know, And then all of a sudden one day we really did get to work together. I did learn about um, working in black Hollywood was a lot different than white Hollywood. Because even Even though I did Family Matters, it was a black show. It was ran by all white Mm -hmm. people. It was the first time that I realized that um, casting directors that do black stuff ask for kickbacks. Yeah, I'm telling on you. Um, I didn't even know what it was (laughs) (laughs) when they tried to ask me. I was like, "What? I'm not paying you. I'm not paying you twice. That's wrong. (laughs) That's not. That's not how the union works." (laughs) You know, it was always like my uncle
2: told me about the business. (laughs) Right, and
3: my uncle is (laughs) white, blonde hair, blue eyes. So I was taught a little different, but. It was the first time I had, um, you know, stepped into the realm. I guess as an adult, and I realized the casting couch is real. No, that's not how I got my job. But there oh. was a producer who tried to flirt and, you know, take me out was cool. Mm-hmm. I made my daddy come to work with me, yeah. so I had to go out. <laughs> yes. you gotta go out like that. But yeah, no, it, it, it was a, a huge difference because now I was a woman mm-hmm. stepping into an adult job, and that's when I realized I think that it was a job. And mind you, I'm in my 30s now. It's early 30s. So I was serious when I said I didn't realize this whole thing until I was 30.
2: That's that's amazing. And and now you probably, I don't know, you seem to keep it real, so... Countess Vaughn has kind of had a little uh, rumor to be that she can be a little bit of a diva on set. Have you ever experienced any of that?
3: You know what, Countess? You left us high and dry one time, though. How? She did. I can't say that she was a diva because she's always had a great attitude towards me. Mm -hmm. But we thought that she went to lunch. And we were waiting for the for the audience to come in and stuff. And we went and got our hair done and our makeup on. I had to get fried up and everything. We was waiting, and she went home. So like they did pre tape the show because she wasn't really comfortable, I guess, with the live audience. Uh-huh. Why you ain't telling me so I could Yo, go saying, yeah, i live yeah. the furthest. You know what I'm saying? I could have got out of there for traffic kicked in. But I was... That's oh, why she messed. Yeah. She said 405 traffic, girl. What you I, <know> I really <laughs> to? Right. 405 to the 101. Oh, that is no, no joke. <laughs> no. So, yeah, that was my whole thing. I was like, are you... Ca-? I think that was the last time I was on, too. Yeah. But I was like, God, I didn't give my best performance when we yeah. pre-ticked because I was waiting to play with the audience. But... <laughs> She went home like four or five hours early. We were still sitting here and stuff, okay. getting yeah. makeup,
2: on. and she's still thinking about and it.
3: Still about it. <laughs> Not until you. That traffic started.
2: was real bad. It, it was, was bad. real <laughs>
3: bad. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. You so, see the things I care
1: about? I love it, though.
2: I do, because it's just real shit.
1: I'm just laughing and dying. Okay. So you did The Parkers, and you moved on to lots of shows and movies. You did Eve and Dead uh-huh. Tone, which is actually our other host, Daryl, who's not here, one of his favorite
3: Wow. That's movies. the first thing that I like, got to co-executive produce. Thank you, Daryl. He was Darryl.
1: very <laughs> excited about that. Um, lights Out in the Bay. What's been your favorite to, project to work on? Ooh,
3: I would say I Do I Did. I Do I Did was the first film that I wrote Mm -hmm. and I produced. And I wrote the character because everybody had gotten so used to me like doing happy, happy, joy, joy stuff that I just had to be like that nice, sweet girl. I'm nice. I don't know (laughs) if I'm always that sweet.
0: (laughs) I got another (laughs) side
3: to me. Right. There's definitely another side to me. And as an actress, you always want to reach out and do something different Mm -hmm. and let the audience see that you're capable of doing something Mm -hmm. different. So I got to cry. I got to be a little... And when,
2: <laughs> when did you know you fun. started w- to want to get into writing and directing and producing and that stuff?
3: I had been writing since I was like four. I wrote my first song on a napkin. My uncle's a musician. My brother's what a was musician. It called? Um, do you remember? Everywhere You Go. Sing it.
2: Do you still have that napkin with all, the, with all the, the coffins in the garage? Do I don't
3: have the napkin, but I, okay, <laughs> okay, I can't wait, you got to
2: give us a little bit of you it. You can sing
3: Everywhere I go, everything I do makes me think of you. My uncle played the guitar. Oh, so, yeah. There we go. <laughs> and we it's because he was my favorite and I wanted to go everywhere he went. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, was right. that was cute. She did that. Right? She did that
1: so, what do you think, what, um, in terms of your acting and then moving into uh, producing and writing and all of that, what do you think uh, you maybe learned the most about yourself from getting to do, getting to step out of just being the actress that's happy and what they perceived you to be?
3: I learned um, a huge value for family. I've basically taken over Daddy's business My uncle In in very many ways Was like my father And he has stepped back now And he's kind of like In Hawaii Chilling out in his house Like baby girl You got this Mm -hmm. And so yeah I value what he did for me And and everything he taught me Um, I realized Acting wasn't just challenging me enough and playing Mm -hmm. characters and roles that other people wanted me to play was cool but I was getting bored as long as they wanted me to play that nice little sweet girl so I had to take my career in my own hands Mm -hmm. and it also made me realize that determination can get you anything you want I'm not good at hearing the word no like I've heard it but I don't it doesn't mean no to me it Mm -hmm. just means not now. okay yeah not now not now so and not
2: not now now, and then you decided to move into writing yes and where did that come from as far as because to me being a writer obviously writing a a script or writing a movie I mean how, how much different is that versus writing a book
3: it's huge difference and I do I did made me want to write a book because I felt like I was a little censored I could only throw so many bitches out there sorry mm-hmm. I don't know if I can cuss or F-bombs yeah. you know mm-hmm. oh I can I've yeah. been totally trying no. to censor myself <laughs> relax kidding? we on the internet <laughs> <I> Oh <don't laughs> sorry. But I already want I got a body mouth alright let's do
2: it uncut right here y'all.
3: but I realized I could only say so much my sex scene could only be so explicit which was a good thing because my co-star Marcus Patrick is fine <laughs> um, but there was more to my story that I didn't get to tell and that's mm-hmm. when I wrote my first book, uh, Two Different Walks of Life. Or Around the World. I was twice. on yes. the world. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Around the World twice.
2: Well, you were so busy because you have eight, had a uh, what, a seven-book publishing deal. Yeah,
3: like yeah I know. did. Well,
1: <laughs>
3: <somebody>. <laughs> I did, but that changed things, too. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys know, but I'm a publisher now. Mm-hmm. Because I signed the seven-book deal. My first book came out. I didn't love the book cover. Um, I didn't like the editor. But I didn't have the say in what I put out. Mm-hmm. So I let the book do its run i got my rights back i will be re-releasing it probably next year Mm -hmm. i'm a control freak well
2: okay and having (laughs) having that control freak issue uh, which i understand very well uh how did you get into writing as far as like learning about publishing deals and learning about
3: oh baby what? i didn't stop to think <laughs> I just You just did, did. Yeah. yeah i just did and i learned along the way and that's how i made the mistake of signing a seven book deal mm. you know i was excited it sounded good it was all like prestigious everybody wanted to talk about it right. so i was for it and then after i wrote the first one i was like hold up <laughs> <laughs> that's not working i don't y'all. even like my book cover i mean i like the pitch and everything but all this like the <laughs> twin towers is on my book it's a really it was supposed to be a sexy book cover it's me with an American flag draped around here my titties are out and my hair is covering it and it was something that I wanted to do for the soldiers because black women don't really do anything for the soldiers and we are very much still at war mm-hmm. so and was,
2: why was that important for you?
3: my cousin was over there he did four world tours and I wanted him to come home no. And I hate the fact that we're losing so many American black men. Like, we're still at war now. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about it. They're talking about Miley Cyrus twerking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> We're about to go to war again. Right. And it's, yeah. <laughs> but we have American boys who never have come home. Yeah. And so that that was really important to me, just to like be able to put that out there and then to be able to send some of the guys. The but give them something to do mm-hmm. while they're there and, and hope and reason to come home.
1: So with, so, you know, you're publisher now, you are producing and doing it, so you're controlling things now. Yes. Where do you see yourself and your role in terms of bringing more African-American content to the forefront, especially for black women, women of color in general? Like, how do you see your role and how would you like to see that sort of... Hand out over the next few years
3: i just finished a pilot called the therapist and it is about three black couples i think that um with this basketball wife r&b divas Mm -hmm. um (laughs) housewives of everywhere that we've lost the sense of a black family value Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i know like the hokey family matters and cosby show probably will never be again but what we can do is show black love because mm-hmm. it's still alive and it still exists. So we put together this great show, Gino Brooks, it's his brainchild, about three young black couples who want to make their marriages work. And it's all intertwined through them seeing a therapist because it's something that black people don't do as well. We don't deal with our mental health issues and we don't seek help. when We need it. Um, I think you guys will like the show. Isaac Keys sense. from The Apprentice is in it. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, we have a guy named Jay Christopher who's done all kind of stuff. Miss Layla Olam from Zane Sex Chronicles yes. is in it. I'm in <laughs> it. So it's gonna be real sexy. Oh, it's Boxer. gonna be real sexy and I'm a little different than what people are used to seeing, maybe.
2: uh, so a a lot of the stuff that you do is about romance and love. Do you find it hard to, I know you like to say, you said that you like to keep your relationship personal, but Mm -hmm. is it hard to date in Hollywood?
3: Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Tell me some of the tea girl. I want to know. When I found out that I was on TV and everybody knew me, (laughs) (laughs) then it started making stuff make sense, which brings me to my book that is going to be out next month. It's already available for Kindle download, but it's called Stupid Guy's Diary. Hmm. And I was telling tell my dating experiences to one of my friends uh, via Twitter. And he was like, girl, write a book. This is horrible. This really happened to you? And I'll just give you, like, one of my... You need to like, tell well, us We one, need, we need, you need to tell one us one story. one story. Okay, so I had met this dude while I was on the road. Yeah, you right? got me crossing my
2: leg <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> We are
3: like, ready to go. Okay. And he was fine, but I did what I always do. I get in the city for a little while, and then I had to leave. So we kept, like, this via Skype romance going oh, on and talking God. on the phone and all this stuff. So he was like, you know, let's spend a weekend together. It had been six months down the road, so I did the whole Steve Harvey girl, making wait three months. Not because I didn't have enough money to fly out there, but <laughs> because I was trying to be a lady, right? <laughs> okay. So I called my homegirl. We went to Victoria's Secret. Got me a little outfit and everything. I flew out there. Went in the bathroom, put my outfit on. <laughs> Everybody say drink. Okay. I wish this was more than water. And we all just sip like right there. <laughs> Got in the bed, was looking all cute, my little lingerie on and stuff. At least I thought I was looking cute. And he started singing. Ding, 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 Right now, I was not in the opening credits. So when he said, "It's a rare condition." this day and age no he did not what made it worse i didn't even know what girl yeah doing. this isn't true I swear to god we can call him right now so <laughs> i was like i waited for him to sing the whole theme song like i said we worked friday nights i wasn't watching family matters i wasn't even in the opening credits what was i gonna watch for i was in my dressing room somewhere getting ready to shoot the show I said, are you singing Family Matters? He was like, yeah, that's my show. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. I literally got up, went back to the bathroom, put my clothes on, and went to the airport. What did he say? I didn't have no ticket. I told the lady, look, I have a ticket. I'm supposed to be leaving in two days. I need you to get me out of here now. I told her the story. Mm-hmm. She rerouted me. She sent my ass to D.C., to Chicago, to Houston, and <laughs> then I came to Outland. I was ready to go it did not happen that yes a- that's not the only one girl I went I'm gonna tell you another one give me one. A, another girl. I went oh, on yo. a date I met this cute little Puerto Rican dude when I was in New York his name was Oh, I, I can, well, shouldn't say his name. Right. Um He took me to dinner in Manhattan. It was beautiful. We got in the restaurant. It got quiet for a minute, a little uncomfortable silence, but we didn't really know each other, you know. So I was reading my menu, and this fool just screamed punky power. <gasps> like really loud in the middle of the restaurant, for real. But what saved me is this Italian dude was sitting over there, he goes, Yo. Why would you do that to her? <laughs> I became his echo. Yeah, why would you do that to me? <laughs> and he was like, yo, everybody knows who she is. I was like, that's embarrassing. He's like, that's embarrassing. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Why would you do that to me? <laughs> he was fine before then. Right that mm. Oh, I said his name. <laughs> well, right. Whatever. Now you know why I ain't calling you back. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, these are the things that I deal with. Imagine how hard it is to date anyway. Yeah. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Now I got a date and everybody grew up, you know, in the bathroom. To me when I was little, like, that's nice. not cool. I'm sorry. It's
2: not, but it's real talk. But that's
3: yeah. real talk. Real talk. So Stupid Guy Diaries <laughs> is available on Kindle download and the hard copies will be available <laughs> the beginning of September. Give me like two more weeks. I just sent it to print. You can laugh at my pain.
2: I'm, I'm getting that book. I'm crying. Okay. Uh, what you need to do is do it on tape, an audio book, and you read it because that. That was a fantastic. Girl, I'd have you in my car all the time
3: thank you it's it's real unfortunately these are the things i went through people said and i only wrote it because i was like why are you not married you're a great cat who am i gonna marry you? <laughs> can you find somebody that's not gonna call me maxine
2: well you were once engaged to rapper ricky romance
3: no i was not <laughs> no there you maybe if ricky would have brought me this it'd be green by now no, oh, I didn't. No, great. I went and met Ricky. I Me mean, to take out? My, yeah, <laughs> and TMZ. <laughs> Clear it all up right now. <laughs> right. No, I did not date him. I kissed him. Every time I kiss somebody, I get in trouble. He bought my book. I said, mm, bye. I've known Raz for years. I've known Ricky for years. The next thing I know, there was a camera in my car. It looks like it. there was. And I'm um engaged. No. My ring was actually given to me by my best friend. I dated a man for seven years, and he broke up. Well, (laughs) he didn't break up with me. He didn't tell me. I found out he had a groupie pregnant, but she was six months pregnant, which is why I wrote I Do I did This Therapy. (laughs) But um, he gave me my ring and told me to never jeopardize my happiness for a ring on my finger. And if they couldn't do better than I didn't need him, I had him. Oh, well. Mm -hmm. Boop. It's still on my finger. Boop. Yeah. <laughs> that there was your daughter's still here, okay? There but
2: you, uh, you You brought uh, Rasby up. in Yes. Uh, he recently has been in the news talking about he was in a coma in China. and
3: No, Raz didn't get on the news. Well, no, no, no. He, he was No, no,
2: He meaning his other, name was in the news. Right,
3: but I'm saying so, other people, because, you know, I had to say that because people say, Raz put out the story. No, right. other people no, put no, out no, the yes, story.
2: No, no, no. Yes, we've covered that here. Yeah. Raz B did not go that, but...
3: No, he had a little incident. It, fights happened.
2: You said fights happen?
3: Yeah, like something happened, his face got cut, fights happened, drunk boys
2: boys will
3: different be boys. silly things boys will be boys. but so you he's things. still cool with raz i love raz yeah. dearly he is in china we talk as often as we can unfortunately like we get each other's messages at different times because mm-hmm. you know he's up at two o'clock in the morning my time i'm asleep and i get him when i wake up but yeah we exchange messages and stuff all the time yeah. i love him there we go. he's a little boy gotta make sure he's safe Boop. Yeah, he's my little plat. All right, so you're
1: writing and you're learning about love and you're dating and doing all this through the writing. What have you figured out about yourself in
3: terms of dating? Anything you need to change? Something you're doing wrong? What do you think? A lot about myself, and I have a friend who I call the modern day hitched because he's really like hooked couples up and they've gotten married. Um, Through writing my books, I've realized like after I analyzed everybody I dated in Stupid Guy Diaries, I'm aggressive. And I'm, you? yeah, right. Who aggressive, knew? <laughs> not I'm really aggressive and I'm controlling of myself, not other people. And I think because I'm so driven and I have a lot of ambition, maybe a little narcissistic where I get caught up worrying about myself more than I get caught up worrying about the relationship. So by the time I realize the relationship is bad, it's been like eight or nine months because I've been so busy doing everything else that I know that that's probably not been my focus. And maybe that's why my relationships haven't worked, because I appreciate them, I have fun, but it's like, you know...
2: Do you feel most men are kind of intimidated by you, by
3: that? I think maybe they're intimidated by my mouth, which, yeah. <laughs> which I totally understand. <laughs> I think girls have learned to sugarcoat things and make men feel... Like, everything that they're doing is okay. Mm-hmm. And I have no problem being like, look, boo, that's some bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just don't hold no punches.
2: And what's some advice that you would give to young girls now as far as dating and...
3: Uh, I would say...
2: and. and, and uh- I, well, my, my issue is that I feel like a lot of the young girls now, they, they go for a look versus a type of feeling. And I like that you you know, you know just sat here and said, no, it's not about putting him up on a pedestal. It's about putting yourself up on a pedestal. and
3: Knowing what you deserve, very mm-hmm. much so. I'm at the age now where all my friends are married, right? And most of them are kicking themselves in the ass because they were in love with the idea of being in love and they were in love with the idea of being married. That they kind of rushed through it to, I don't know if it was like keeping up with the Joneses or whatever, but I'm I'm not there. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not feeling it. Um, I would say never compromise your happiness to make somebody else happy. I think love and marriage is beautiful, but it should be with somebody who has the same values with you and somebody who will put your feelings first, like you put their feelings first. Like a lot of my female friends, they're letting their own feelings get stepped on, but to keep this image of marriage going and I don't think that's what it's supposed right. to be at all like I, my best friend just got married last November and her parents spent $50,000 like that's a lot of money mm-hmm. I don't care who you are or what you do it's a ton of money for this day and this day was amazing and it was fairy tale but I was depressed at the end I had corns and <laughs> blisters on my feet because I ran around making sure you know that he didn't see his bride and, and all this and then they went home I didn't have no movie. There was no residual income coming in from this $50,000. I was like, are you kidding me? So if I ever do it, it won't be anything like that. It'll be like me, him, our parents, and let's go through a drive-thru or something, get this over with. My mom wants a cake, so she'll get her cake or whatever. (laughs) I'm not registering for no towels, no china. I don't want no crystal. All those dust collectors. I don't think that women think about the true meaning they're so caught up with.
2: What's the number one trait that you look for in a guy? Honesty. Yeah.
3: If you're honest, Amen. yeah. If you're honest, God fearing is important too for me. Mm-hmm. But you ain't got to be all like you know in a church because we know a bunch of them is on the deal. Oh, oh. <laughs> I said it, but but you do have to have some kind of foundation, and that's yeah. what the faith is for me. It's it's a foundation. Okay. You gotta believe in something, boo.
2: <laughs> you're a heavy promoter as far as reading programs for young for for young kids. How did you? why was that so important for you?
3: Well, I told you I was a nerd. So (laughs) a lot of times, you know, like in school, I'd be in the corner reading like a novel or something. Everybody else was playing. I was reading V.C. Andrews because it would take me in my little imaginary land. But we're in a day where like I can write a Facebook status. People comment about some shit that I didn't even write. And I'm like, did you read what I wrote? And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even read it. People don't read. It That's was a Harvard true. study that you want to hide something from a black man, put it in a book. Harvard denies it now, but it's real. They taught, I believe their law students that. Mm-hmm. And I I want my little young black Puerto Rican kids to educate themselves and be able to read. That's like the biggest thing that you can learn from school. I don't care about all the other stuff they teach you. Mm-hmm. If you can read and you can do math, ain't nobody ever going to get over on you. Heard true that. You hear a, that. about bad business. Mm-hmm. Like, All these uh, rappers and and actors and stuff who signed these deals and got taken advantage of. Why? Because they ain't read Mm their contracts. Mm -hmm. And that happens all the time. People hate me. Because when you hand somebody a contract, that doesn't mean this is the deal. That means we're going to negotiate this deal. I'm not quick to sign anything ever.
2: And your your program is uh, Take Time to Read? Yes. Tell us a little bit about the program and what it does.
3: When I started doing my book tours, I was like in different states, but I grew up going into schools and talking to kids. And so for me, it was important to keep that connection with the youth and, and talk to kids and let them know that's it, look they twerking <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. It, they twerking they're going to be twerking at 30 wondering what they going to do with the rest of their life when their child support come up but baby if you stay in these books you're going to go to Harvard and you're going to get a sports car faster and you can have all the girls mm-hmm. you want <laughs> <laughs> so it, you know it was just a different way of giving that message out and because I do have friends that are also in the business and some of them are athletes and and I make them go tell these kids their stories and why they're broke now or, or the ones that are successful, why they're successful. It all goes back to reading. Hmm.
1: Now, did that energy come from your family, like, in you to be, was mom, like, you're going to read, you're going to do this? Like, where did that come from in you? Or was it some, because some kids are just naturally, like, drawn to sort of reading and imagination and doing that kind of thing.
3: I was in love with books very early, and mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why I'm often now. My mom used to take me to the library. We couldn't go to the library in my own city. I'm from Pittsburgh. Play- Pittsburgh, but a little small town called Duquesne, they burnt our library down because they didn't want black people to use the pool. Really? Yeah. So my mom would put me on the bus and she would take me two cities over to this big, beautiful white building. And in this big, beautiful white building, she explained to me that if you really want to live forever, you put your name in a book and you will live you know, oh, the test of time. Beautiful. And it, it had big white pillars. So my goal growing up was I was going to have a mansion because I didn't realize it was a library. It was just a mansion to me with <laughs> So I was going to have a mansion with big white pillars and my name was going to be on a book. I told my mom then I was going to write 15. I'm five down, mommy. i right, <laughs> no,
2: Do you remember, the, uh, this is such a weird thing, but childhood things. And do you remember the smell of the library? Yeah. Yeah.
3: It was clean and still and everything was like marble, it was very cold. Do you ever still go back there? To the, I haven't been back yeah. to the library for years, but I did send my books back. Like every time my books come out, I make sure I send seven and I ask them to please put them on the shelves. But so I that to that
2: specific library? That yeah, very I cool.
3: send them to a lot of libraries, but to, that was the first library I sent my stuff to and told them my story. And the lady was very sweet. She took pictures with her cell phone and texted me my books oh. on the shelf. Yes, I could <laughs> send it to my mom. So <laughs> What's your favorite you. book? <sighs> Ever? I would have to say um, oh, what is the name of that book? It's written in Patois. It's not even written like Ooh. in English and its I think it's called like English Patois and I can't think of the name of the author right now. I have to call you back and tell you about it. you have to tweet us about it. I will tweet you about it as soon as I get home because I know exactly where it is. Okay, okay. But it's a book that was written. I think it was like the first book that was ever written in Mm Patois. We had a Jamaican housekeeper. (laughs) 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 So so, yeah, I grew up with those values too. Okay. And um, her story is just phenomenal. So what about that specific book just moves you? Is it the language? Is
1: it the culture that's in the book? It's the
3: language and the culture and it's about a little girl and how important her books were to her. Mm. And how how there was no book that was ever written, like everything was written in English, but she spoke broken English because was still so English. Yeah. Right. But how she spoke broken English, and there was never anything for her.
2: And now you have some oh. uh, upcoming projects, uh, one of them named Plum. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little about that.
3: Plum. Was um, this little young girl named Yonder Brown hit me up on Facebook and she was like, Look, I'm gonna try to do a movie and I'm gonna do it right. Um, I'm going through my union paperwork and everything. I can't pay you what you're worth, but can I have you for a day? It's a sci-fi. I've never done a sci-fi before. I was like, what am I playing? I was like, are you getting me naked? She was like, no. <laughs> I was like, are you sure? She was like, yeah, you're a scientist, and I don't want to give too much away, but you're a scientist doing some experiments, and you're kind of a badass. And I told her, to send me over the script. And I was like, okay, one day, you got me. Really? Yeah, she's a little young, independent producer with a dream. How could I say no? No. Yeah. You say yeah, and you do something you've never done before. So I'm really excited to see it. She's actually gonna what was it like it. being
2: on set for that?
3: She was a little professional, really? like working for her nice. was so much better than working for people who's done it for 30 years. She was just sweet. She had a little contracts there and she had a little craft service and she was like, I'll get right to you. She shot me. She promised me she would keep me for like four or five hours and I didn't want to leave after my four or five hours because I was like, look, best. yeah, she came from Arizona. So I was like, get everything you can from me now.
2: That's amazing. While
3: I'm here. Nice. And she did.
2: That's very inspiring. I right? love it. That's so
3: inspiring. We can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see I it. I've You'll seen clips of it. And cool. I'm really, I'm
2: excited. Then you get pick and roll.
3: <laughs> no. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let me keep it real. No, no, no. Don't, don't, don't turn off the camera. Don't change the subject. Pick and roll. Yes, I had pick and roll. But see, working for black people, like I said, I learned, you know, the difference. They bounced my check. Ooh. And so Real uh, Talk here at <laughs> BHL. <laughs> now if you would have just been like Lil DeAndre Brown and been like, I can't afford you, but I would like to have y'all might have did it. But you don't bounced me a check. It took me a month to get my check, then you bounced it. So now I will not be back on pick and roll. But that's okay. That's because okay. Pick and Roll was supposed to be picked up by Punch TV. <laughs> Monday, I called them over at Punch and was like, yo, I was excited about working with y'all, but my check bounced. Punch was like, Oh, wait a minute, that's not us. that's a production company right that's not for us so it's not for punch they did not bounce my check Lee Morris did so um we're working something out I took them a couple shows they're interested I pitched them something else we're supposed to there might be some contracts in my thing right now but yeah mr. Collins and I the CEO of punch TV and I had actually had a conversation a year ago which I didn't remember about Mm -hmm. but mr. Collins was great he wasn't supposed to be in my meeting on Monday like I said I don't take no for an answer so I'm a little pushy (laughs) <laughs> I had a meeting with uh, the director of marketing, Miss Sharifa Hardy, is awesome. She took me upstairs to meet the people from acquisitions mm-hmm. where I pitched and I showed my projects. They were really interested in them and they said, Mr. Collins has the last say-so. Mm. I said, Oh, right. They did. And he sh- he wasn't even in the studio, but he showed up and came to work for me. And we talked and he watched it and he likes it. So... Mr. Collins, we will finally be doing something together on Punch TV.
1: doing all kinds of things. So you, uh, we basically here, we've spoken a few times about how to become a billionaire up in here. (laughs) And it is uh, basically theorized that you need seven sources of income. And right now you got books, film, projects, TV, and a shoe line. Yeah. So let's talk about those shoes for a minute, just because. Courtney we all fashion all the time. Oh, I should have had had them on.
3: I don't even have them on. No, girl, girl, what what kind of promotion is, is this? supposed <laughs> to wear your shoes all the time. I know, but okay. you know my girl, so I appreciate other okay. people's stuff, too. All right, so you have to share, 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 share.
1: Yes. You personally designed the shoes. How did this come about? What, what's going on with Cherry
3: the Cherry Bomb. It started as a fluke. My makeup artist, his name is Eric Kirker, I had, like, my heels all lined up under his station, and I kept changing my shoes, like, every time we do different scenes mm-hmm. well, when I came back he's an airbrush artist he had airbrushed on a pair of my shoes I was like okay don't kill me I was like wait a minute those are kind of cute and they had like flaming cherries on them and I was like those are cherry bomb <laughs> and so we started laughing I wore them and everybody loved them and women start asking me where'd you get those shoes from those are so cute and I was like ain't they? <laughs> <laughs> so then I went back to him and I was like you know what people keep asking me will you just do like you know some custom designs for people He said, yeah. A year later, I told you guys I did the play this year. I wore them, and the black lady said, oh, that was some cute shoes. (laughs) I did a little cute kick so she could see them again in the lights. And I told him, you know, this is something that we really
2: Ooh, Ooh, I'm excited over here
3: <laughs> she, Move stuff she
2: about her shoes, she like.
3: <laughs> right moving my hair and furniture and stuff um, but I told him this is something that we need to do so he designed 600 pair and oh, we nice. set up a little nice. website and I started talking to boutiques I was in Houston at the time one of the boutiques started carrying my stuff and we've just been
1: Going everything. Okay, so are we talking are we talking pumps, platforms,
3: sandals, sneakers? Baby stilettos. What I like stilettos. Thank if it you. ain't high, I don't want it. Thank you. And it's www.roadrageshoes. Road rage Shoes. Road, Road rage rage. shoes. Yeah. All right. Walking with an attitude. That's what it's all, all about. Right. Has it
2: inspired you to kind of branch out into anything else in the merchandise? Uh, well.
3: Absolutely, but it's a little too uh-huh. early to talk about oh, it. But yeah. we see. We'll have to have you come <laughs> <on together. laughs> All right. I would love to come back. I also have a hair oil. In that, that was what was next. Because hey. we're
1: like, we see the diva hair. What going oh, well, no. on? Okay. The diva- <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't even
3: off front for nobody. I just told y'all I got back from Houston. It's hotter than hell out there. You can't keep your hair. So I bought me a fifteen dollar ponytail, which I'm now in love with. I might not they ever are comb the hair bomb. again, yes. <laughs> right? But I have natural hair. I don't have a perm. I hate to comb. It. I, I, I don't. No fuss, no mess. Okay, that's me. I'm like. The texture don't even match, so you know I ain't pretending. This is wavy, yes. <laughs> and this is supposed to be straight. Okay. So, right. But my hair, 9 out of 10, like, I like the pool. I love to swim. My hairdresser has used something on my hair for 15 years, and everybody always said, oh, it's cute. You smell like cherries. Mm. Come to find out, the reason why I got some hair on my head is because cherries are natural growth agent. What? Mm. Who knew? Who knew? So my hair is really long. It's, like, down here. And keeping that chair as essential oils. There's nothing in it. Like you can pronounce everything on the back of the container, and that was really important to me because I ordered something called Carol's Daughter, which I'm really disappointed in. I'm sorry, I said it. I'm not mad, but it was like the truth. Yeah, Jada Pinkett is gorgeous. They're all I love on the San pictures in the riser, like what they oh. on. But I what they, oh.
2: they, oh.
1: oh. they weave's on why, natural yeah. hair product. What,
3: what do we? Because that's on? how they,
1: they draw you in, thinking, right? Oh,
3: I can do. Oh, and right. I was like, oh, a black owned company. Yes. I want to support. Well, I got this product, and it has five natural ingredients in it and 19 chemicals Mm. that's not natural no No, it's not so I decided I'm gonna I'm gonna bottle this stuff and I'm just I've been giving bottles away to people like try this and through giving the bottles away I've learned that it helps with um psoriasis really because what it is is it, it, it it just conditions you Basically, And all psoriasis is, is dry skin. So there's a lady who works in the building next oh to me right, at Dimes right, Magazine. Yeah. Yeah, right. I thought like, no, not know how to brush some bottles. <laughs> I can't keep them in my car. No? I used to keep them in my car, but it's like 115 degrees. It's, yeah, yeah, it's right. Hard. I don't want no grease everywhere. <laughs> and it also can be used as a massage oil. Ooh, but guys. it has cleared up people's psoriasis. this lady who works. I run Dimes Magazine, too. Yes. I'm the executive director of Dimes.
2: That's what we one too. Three, four, five. Girl, you Real estate. Right Real estate.
3: Right. Okay. She <laughs> might already be a billionaire <laughs> status and ain't told nobody yet. Yeah, okay. Oh you know. right. yeah. I always say that um poor is loud, rich screams, and wealth is quiet. quiet.
1: Real Real Talk. Yes. Real talk.
3: All right. All right. <laughs> Where can we find the cherry oil? The cherry oil, the website's not up yet, but if you hit me up on Twitter. I was gonna say Tweeter. It is not Twitter. <laughs> Twitter and I'm at Cherry Johnson seven five The seven five not there. It's an imposter, it ain't me. But it's C H E R I E Johnson seven five. You pay my PayPal, it's Rockstar Cherry. Um fifteen dollars. I'll send you a bottle. Okay.
2: And you, you know, we hear that you're obsessed with tweeting. I am. What do you like to tweet about?
3: Anything. At seven o'clock this morning, I woke up, <laughs> literally dead sleeping, listening to this lady complain about her husband on TV, because the TV was on of the bed, and I just start talking about, oh, I hate people that lie, because he's he like, I tweet about things that happened to me, like, hello, they know I'm here. I didn't give the address, but <laughs> they know where I am right now. I might need help or something, right, girl? I usually never tweet until I leave, like, if I go in the grocery store or something, because it's kind of weird when people show up. I figure that out the hard way Why are you <laughs> yeah it's like oh you really came <laughs> that's weird <laughs> Strange. Okay. Moments. yeah but anything and everything and things that i feel are important i think the best thing about the job that i have is the voice that the world has given me to fight for things that i believe in so reading is important let's read about it paying your child support even though i ain't got no baby daddy is important so i tweet about it you know Men need to be fathers. Women need to stop having babies by everybody. Just get
2: the tweets out there so they become <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> yes. Put them into people's heads so they become actions.
3: Exactly. Thoughts Ooh, I like that. I don't
2: know where that one is. Each came one out. to
3: teach one, baby. You just tell me. <laughs> All right, Jesse. If, okay.
2: if you could have one word that defines you.
3: <laughs> Unique. There you go. I didn't want to say freaky or, like, <laughs> weird. So I just unique felt like was, that was... Unique uh, an an a beautiful word. beautiful
2: it. word.
1: I beautiful like word. word. Yeah. All right. Thank we'll you. go into a few lighter questions. Not that we've been that heavy, but we'll
2: be talking. <laughs> all right, so... Little tea time. Okay. A little tea here.
1: Okay. So, we all love Prince up in here. Oh, I do. <laughs> we, we know do. you do. Oh, you know about my story?
3: No. Tell oh, us your please story. Please tell us your Prince story. Are you serious? Just give it to us. So, the most embarrassing day of my life... <laughs> like 16 years old. I ain't belong there anyway. I was in Glam Slam. Prince used to have this club downtown LA. Put on this little skirt. My mama would have killed me if she didn't know and I left with But you know, I hid it in my backpack. <laughs> <laughs> and got my little sister all dressed up and we went to the club. We in a club. I was trying to act like a big girl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the bouncer told me, look, you can go in there, but you cannot drink because I'm not losing my liquor license over you when I get in trouble. I was like, I promise. I just want to see him. <laughs> he was like, cool. So I was in there. You know what I'm saying? All of a sudden, I don't know what happened. He walked in, and I lost my mind. I started screaming in this man's face, like literally, <laughs> <laughs> like all in this man's face, the same bouncer who let me in and told me I couldn't drink picked me up, threw me over his shoulder, and kicked me out. <laughs> when I got outside the door, I was like, whoa, 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 "Just give me another chance." You don't understand. I just got excited. I'm sorry. I promise I won't do it again. Lenny Kravitz was coming in. <laughs> now I feel like I'm in major trouble because I've known Lenny Kravitz. My uncle, the same uncle, was one of the producers of the Jeffersons. Man, he gonna tell his mama who gonna tell my <laughs> tell, tell my, my mama. mama. Right. <laughs> I just got caught. So Lenny's like, put her down, what are you doing? And I was like, I got kicked out. And he's like, Why did you get kicked out? Are you drunk? I was like, No. So what had happened was Prince walked in, I started screaming, he goes, That's who I'm here to meet. Give her another chance. She's just stupid and she's young. <laughs> and he took me back in, he said, Look. He got me to the door, turned me around and said, Look, I'm gonna introduce you. Say hello and walk away. (laughs) You have ten minutes in the club, then you gotta go home. And I was like, I promise Can my sister come back in too? (laughs) She's like (laughs) fourteen. You know. And he's like, Yes. So he takes me back in, I meet Prince and I go, (laughs) Hi (laughs) And he says, Go. This isn't the end of the story. Oh my god. I did what I was told. 10 minutes in the club i tried to play it off I had to leave i had to go home anyway i live far i had to make it home by like 11 <laughs> because my mom wasn't playing that right so i get home don't think about it probably three years ago i'm at the cabana with little marcus polk the little boy from moesha me and marcus is in the club we dancing. and that's my homeboy right so we're laughing i'm telling marcus you know i'm really too old to be out of you out he's like i know you good the dance floor starts partying like the sea <laughs> I look up there's this really big guy coming I'm like who is it is it Justin Timberlake because I know he was up in here last week I like me some Justin this is before Jessica Bill you know what I'm saying so I was trying to <laughs>
0: try try out.
3: Try. I'm single you know what I'm saying maybe he won't be a groupie let's go just uh uh it's Prince <laughs> but he walks by I swear it was like slow motion and <laughs> everybody got quiet he looked at me and he said what's up Jerry <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. grab Marcus and Oh my god, he I He knows I am Marcus says, Oh my god, can you please calm down right now? This is so <laughs> embarrassing so <sighs> Alright, so we love prince So he
2: you ha- you have a, a memory in Princess hand.
3: I couldn't believe he, are said, a mark he said oh, what's up, Cherry Nice. Lost it all over again. As you should.
1: <laughs> it's so totally warranted. Are totally you kidding warranted. me? This time
3: I, like, totally don't even care. <laughs> Prince, if you're watching, please say hi to me again one day, dude. You... <laughs> He's on Twitter now. Y'all
1: should be hit. Does he tweet? About... He tweets a little bit, but he just joined about two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, boo.
3: I you, you as to soon as him I... him
1: on Twitter. When I
3: get back in my purse, because it's right here. You already he <laughs> I'm oh. tweeting. Why? Right, <laughs> all right. And writing him. I'm not going to stalk you or nothing.
1: <laughs> but we're going to be friends for real.
3: But
2: yeah. we're going to be friends.
1: <laughs> but we're going to be friends.
3: We're going to be friends. All right. So favorite Prince song. Oh, um, we can fucking deal with them. We can love the cherries. See, I didn't realize what he was saying, but I knew that he said my name. name. <laughs> <laughs> so Roddick City was the bomb because he said my name. I didn't know what he was talking about now. You know, Cherry ain't going nowhere, Prince. But <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how do you feel about rappers k- using the N-word in their lyrics in this day and Nigger? age? Yeah.
3: Whatever. Yeah. Say niggas. nigga you- means ignorant. And, but- and them motherfuckers is ignorant. <laughs> so. and on the
2: flip side of that, how do you feel... <laughs> About we we were talking about Jay Cole. He made a uh, comment about autism, and everyone flipped out about it. He apologized. Rick Ross talked about drugging women.
3: Rick Ross talked about slipping somebody a Molly. Yeah. I think they blew it completely out of proportion. Honestly, I'm not saying that it's good to say, "Oh, you slip a girl a Molly," but I think that there are people out there that don't have anything to do with their lives that just try to pick apart little things that people say and make a huge deal about it.
2: So you you think rappers should be able to say what they want to say? You say any
3: damn thing you want, and who? You can't control what what you say. You can control, but you can't control how somebody else is going to take what you say. People are always offended by me, and I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings, but I'm gonna say what the fuck I want to say, regardless. How you feel about it. Mm. It is what it is. Maybe you know the autism thing was a little unsensitive and a slipping a chick a molly, but these bitches are slipping a self mollies right. to go with Rick Ross.
2: And dancing on the VMAs. You ain't lying. You ain't
3: right. Twerking and stuff. Okay. What? where's where their limits? And why are we only drawing them on specific things on specific people? It's yeah. not fair. Just fair. like everybody was talking about Frank Ocean. I'm a huge Frank Ocean fan, but, oh, they don't want to support his song. Now they know he might have been singing to a man.
2: But he didn't even come out and say he's gay. He, but who cares? No, I know, but I'm just saying we making up all this stuff. They making up all this They making up they all, making up all this stuff. And he ain't stuff? never said, he could have been talking about his dad. He could have been talking about God. He could have been talking about
3: anybody. Mm-hmm. The damn turtle in we his backyard. Luther, it's horrible. Lu, uh, what's his name? Luther <laughs>
1: Luther Vandross. Luther Vandross.
3: Who you think he was singing to?
1: We don't know, but he's so saying good. Right. He's it, didn't, saying good. it didn't matter. People, <laughs> it didn't matter. It's a great song. People, it's a great song. Right. They yeah. try to
3: take something and twist it into something else. Y'all need to leave people alone. And do something with your damn self. Okay. Now, would you close for Playboy? You know, that was a rumor. I did, supposedly, if you ask TMZ. But I ain't got no Ferrari. That little white man ain't offered me no six figures. Hugh, you call me and ask me to Put my titties out there. You gonna give me six figures in a Ferrari? We could talk about it. Six figures in a Ferrari. Hmm. Okay. Right. I don't, I don't, you know, what's the big deal? When somebody put out the rumor that I had done Playboy, I was doing a test shoot for Playboy. It was such a lie. I really just was doing something for Ocean Drive Magazine in Miami three years prior. I got my bikini was like twisted in my necklace. They took a picture. I was like this. Three years later, it surfaces on TV. You on playboard. Right. I was on Playboy.
2: love it? Would you ever do a Family Matters reunion show?
3: Oh, I think we're over that. Yeah. People been hitting us on Twitter, like, so much. Ah, why don't you? First of all, we're just actors. We just show up where they tell us, and we say what they tell us. We don't own Family Matters. <laughs> we don't have the liberty or the licensing to go and do you know, we then, hear ya. right? you gon' film us you gon' put us back on ABC if that was the case we'd all have jobs it don't work like that but I, I think we're all over it like yeah. Jalil don't wanna be Urkel again right. I said Maxine died occasionally <laughs> if you call me Maxine when the residual come in I might say holla but um any other time I'm not her no more I don't really want to be her anymore. Right. Not that I didn't like her. Well, I didn't even realize, though, because people like, after the show in my 30s, people say, oh, you played really dumb. I was like, Maxine wasn't dumb. <laughs> they were like, yeah. My cousin, who is Shar Jackson, uh, K-Fair baby mama, yeah. she was like, boo, you were dumb. I was like, how you going to call me dumb, Niecy? You <laughs> was dumb. She was dumb. <laughs> But I guess, (laughs) right, drink to (laughs) that, I guess we was both dumb, and I just didn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't know. You were over that. (laughs) They got kids and stuff. Everybody got kids except for me and Sean and Brighton.
2: Oh, yeah,
1: we just got Brighton the other day.
3: I love my beach. he's doing
1: great things. All
3: right. Well,
1: to wrap this all up, remind us all where we can find you, where we can find your shoes, and everything that is Cherry Johnson.
3: I am always on Twitter. You can always find me at CherryJohnson75. You can find my shoes at RoadRageShoes.com. And you can find all my books on Amazon. All you got to do is type in my little name, Cherry Johnson, and it'll pop up. Pop up. <laughs>
1: all right, Jesse, and where can your fans find you? At
2: DJ Jessie J.
1: Hey, And you can find me on Twitter at Stuart Starlet and up in here at Black Hollywood Live every Friday and all the time on YouTube, iTunes, and everywhere else. So thank you guys for joining us today. Black Hollywood Live portraits.
0: Peace. From producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Speaker, Dario Kristen, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network. If you have questions or comments, tweet us at BHL online or email us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. For more exclusive content, visit blackhollywoodlive.com. This has been a presentation of the Black Hollywood Live Network.
2: Hollywood. Hollywood Hollywood redefined.
0: The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.